Hey guys, it's Greg again with another message from DraftKings. The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs and the best part is it is free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app and go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the U.S. team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Good afternoon, Ryan. Uh, coming live from your new house. Woo! How are you? Oh, for, oh fantastic. It's, uh, to say that I'm relieved would be an understatement. We got a new desk, new house, new, a lot of random new shit. Listen, for the st- past half trying... hour before we have started, I have not heard anything other than about Ryan's new desk. It's Even fantastic. complete with pictures of the new desk and everything. And it does look you very good. You said you wanted to, to look at, look up an L-shaped desk, so I obliged. I do need a new And desk. Wayfair is a dangerous website, so... Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's good. So we've got Ryan tonight. Um, another Hello. in other news, I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. We don't have Tyler, so Tyler had to go pick someone up from the airport apparently because their ride bailed on him. So Tyler's what the backup. A dick move. Yeah, sure. Hey, nice, nice guy, Tyler. He's a good guy. Yeah. So we've good, got Ryan tonight kid. and me. So uh, that's who you're stuck mm-hmm. with. But mm-hmm. we've got quite a bit to talk about uh, this past weekend. NHL free agency happened. The Red Wings made some moves there. There was also a signing of one Tyler Bertuzzi and some players filed for arbitration, which really isn't a big deal as people make it out to be on a regular basis anytime someone does it. Nevertheless, there is a lot to talk about in Detroit hockey news this week. And I think we're going to start with free agency where we didn't know what Iserman was going to do. We went into it kind of with pretty relaxed attitude, not thinking he would do anything really big. Had a couple hopes, um, but but knew he wasn't going to make a big splash because we're still not at the point where we need to be signing long contracts for big term because we're not making a playoff push. So we thought maybe, well, maybe we'll fill a couple gaps and maybe we'll sign a couple upgrades and, and create some competition. I think some of the big news that came out first before the signings, though, uh, the biggest thing was that Luke Glendening has officially left the Detroit Red Wings for the Dallas Stars. He made it seem like it broke his heart to do it. I bet he's fine. But he, and and I don't think it was money because he signed like a $1.5 million, two-year $1.5 million deal and $1.5 million per year. And I don't think that would have been a problem for Iserman to match. And I bet he tried to match it. But it's the opportunity to go try to push for a cup. Yeah, it's it's also to go work for one of your former bosses. Yeah, exactly. So I think that it sucks. 
and it doesn't suck from a, oh my god we lost one of our best players standpoint it sucks from a luke's kind of like a feel-good story walk on at michigan it becomes great walk on uh, goes undrafted signs with the red wings becomes a good role player gritty fourth yeah. liner uh face-off specialist defensive guy and what every good team needs sure and now dallas has that piece so yeah. uh i'm kind of mad though because of the jamie ben situation still but i i mean i wish luke lending luck in dallas it's like I said, it's hard to lose a guy like that, not for the for hockey reasons, but for feeling reasons. Not only that, he was also a, an assistant captain the last couple of seasons. Yeah, so with, we're gonna need a with new all one the of those. turnover, huh? We're gonna need a new one of those. Yeah. So I mean, not it's not only what he did on the ice, but the mentorship and what he could provide guys like a Larkin, for instance, or some of these other young centers that you would want, you know one of the best face-off guys in hockey to mentor and make them better. So like Rasmussen, Valino, Larkin, so on and so forth. But I think it's just that how long he was here, you're bummed that he didn't actually get to win something. He, he it's he, he never did anything to make you not like him. Yeah. And I think my of, – of this happened, of course, right as we were going into the closing for our house – and the wife was mildly upset, to say the least, um, because that was her favorite player, mainly because he's pretty. Um, she's upstairs, so I can't get the look or yelled at her. So. Things but, can't yeah, be thrown it, at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it's it, it's disappointing, because. but at, on the same hand, with every exit becomes an opportunity. And now we can see someone either from Grand Rapids, which is the most likely route, like what Chase Pearson, I think, is who we had touched on before, or talked about before. We have potentially filling that role, or some somebody. There's somebody there that can fill what he does, with the exception being his his skill in the faceoff dot. Their name also may be Mitchell Stevens, so yeah, it could be. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. So good luck to Luke in Dallas. They they'll get sure. a a faceoff specialist uh, with some defensive play to him, and, and he gets a chance to go try and push for a cup, which is really good. Uh, they have a good chance. Uh, another news: they did re-sign Sam Gagne. Now the was signing, not mad about that. No, the signing of Sam Gagne probably means that Bobby Ryan is out. But, you think so? You yeah. think that that's going to be... I mean, he hasn't signed anywhere else yet. No, I do because I keep running through the lineup and running through the lineup. And the more I do it, it's just hard to find a place to slot Bobby Ryan in unless there's another move that is made. So you're looking at Bobby Ryan. You're not probably going to play him on your fourth line. He's, he'll be a middle six guy in your lineup. And I just don't really see any middle six spots without the rosters already shaping up. Yeah, with the, with the way it is now, with everyone healthy, I mean, you're looking at your top line with Larkin, Burt, Verona, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I, then... I choose a different... Um, top line. Oh, but go let on. me rephrase that. I'm looking at I'm looking at cap friendly depth chart, so I'm just going off what they had listed here. But you have guys like I'll just name those. So those three. Then you got Fabry, Suter, Zadina. So yeah, to your point, like their fourth line's a lock. You got Smith, Ernie, and then put in your center of who you think should be there: Valino or Rasmussen. And then I yeah, don't then, think it'll be either of them. You don't think so? Nope. For your fourth line, so you think it's going to be Stevens? Uh, I the more I think about it, the more I think it's going to be Stevens, and the more I think Valeno starts in Grand Rapids. Yeah. 
it's possible. I mean, I mean, we can touch on that, but I, I, yeah, to your point though, to Bobby Ryan, I, I think that the, the potential is there for him to fit on the roster, but with the the youth movement and some of the things that are likely going to happen, yes, I think Gagne coming in kind of limits that opportunity because you know Gagne is going to be more of a specialist player for your team now, and he brings a little bit of balance probably to that third fourth line but he has the ability to jump up on the second and first and also is fairly significant on the power play so i think what all those if, things you'd expect from bobby ryan if we don't bring bobby ryan back and we chose gagne over ryan i think what you kind of look at is you go bobby was injured for a significant chunk of last season over the past mm-hmm. two seasons, Gagne has played over 40 games each season in the COVID shortened, shortened season seasons. and yeah. then the purposely shortened COVID season. Uh, he mm-hmm. played 42 games last season and had 15 points uh, along with a hat trick. So I think that the, you, if you put the two side by side and you see, well, Gagne is providing you some offense and Bobby Ryan was providing you a lot of offense in the beginning and then kind of petered off and got injured. I think you get a little bit more stability in a Sam Gagne. Um, sad again because Bobby Ryan really wanted to be here. He was having a lot of fun. It looked like he could jump start his career again. And then he ends yeah. up getting hurt and out, which has happened to Bobby Ryan before. He's had other injuries that have kept him out. So I, I think if you look at the two side by side and you say, well, they each have an offensive upside, Elbit Gagne, probably not as much. Um, Gagne is the more consistent guy throughout the season, less prone to injury. That's also going to give you that veteran leadership kind of role in the room. Again, like what you're losing in Luke Lendenning, you get some of that veteran role in, in Sam Gagne too. So I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of where they would go with it. If if they choose not to bring Bobby Ryan back and they just stick with Gagne, if it was a one or the other, I could see why it'd be Gagne. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So looking at the stats, the goals for, I mean, you got it better. They're both negative on the Z score, but Bobby's wasn't as bad. They're both below one, negative one, or they're between zero and negative one. But the expected goals against and Corsi against per 60 and Corsi four per 60, Gagne actually did fared better. He had 100 more minutes of ice time or time on ice on even strength. But uh, to me, it's probably a wash. But you look at the last three seasons. So Detroit, Ottawa for Bobby Ryan. Detroit, Edmonton, Vancouver for Gagne. Gagne has the better stats or charts, I should say. Now, granted, the teams that he's played on kind of help push that up a little bit higher. But even on Detroit alone, it hasn't been awful. So... Am, am I mad about it? Not really. I think he'll do just fine, and he'll help the team. I think Bobby Ryan would too, but at the same time, it's just like, well, that is what it is. That's that's funny because yeah. that's like all I feel like a lot about these moves that are made. I'm like, eh, we could take it or leave yeah. it. It doesn't really, I mean, hurt my feelings or affect anything. Mm-hmm. That... I mean, and the same thing, on the same note too, like Gagne, just like Bobby Ryan – they, they love it here in Detroit, and they just are a fan of being a part of this franchise. So that's where it's either guy, you're just like, eh, oh, I'm glad, glad that you're here. 
Go on in. And if they leave, you're like, I mean, it's, it's yeah, nothing real big. Nothing and, real and big. Piss anyway. me off unless you go to Chicago, then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Andre Fleury. Jeez. And then he's like, I'm going to play. Yeah, that was the other thing. Mark andre Fleury got traded for nothing. And then he's like, I guess I'll go play for Chicago. What I would have done is given Chicago a big middle finger. See, they wouldn't have got the middle finger, though, because, I mean, just for reference, like, the way it would have played out, if he would have decided to retire after making that trade, Chicago would have been stuck with nothing in terms of his contract, which was very upsetting to me because that's what I really was hoping would happen. <laughs> Uh, but no, it didn't, and now he's a Blackhawk, and I hate him. <laughs> you mean more? You hate him more now than when he was a Penguin? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, about yeah, the same. Yeah. No, I, it's more. Okay. Do you hate him more now because he's a Blackhawk, or do you hate him more for 2009? Blackhawk. Okay. Well, I'll give it to you. I fucking hate that team. <laughs> Everything so, I have. More than Toronto and Pittsburgh probably combined. Wow, that's a lot that's, of it's hatred. Bad. I see that. That's the one team like when you're a kid playing in a hallway and whatnot. I would act like I'm the Red Wings, and I'd have like Tony Amane and Chris Chelios and Eddie Belfour playing up against me, and I'd be like, "No, oh, save!" and blah blah blah. No, I, I, that's how far back my hatred of that team goes. And then you would check them into the locker and make their face bleed, which would have been my face, which would have been awful. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, fuck them. So the the bigger news that came out, and I guess we'll start with the our highlight free agent signing first, is Pia Suter, who we took from the Blackhawks, which Ryan's very happy about. Nah, fuckers, he dumps uh, it, sons so of bitches. So they didn't qualify him, and, and I watched the interview with him, uh, the press, the Zoom press Zoom call or whatever they talk, call it now, and uh-huh. he was asked, "Are you like, were you shocked, kind of disappointed that Chicago didn't qualify you?" And he said he was a little shocked. It's kind of always disappointing not to get a qualifying offer, but that he's happy to be in Detroit. He's back with Fabry and Bertuzzi, who he had played with in Guelph. Uh, I think G- uh, Giovanni Smith was even there for a year. So it's quite a pattern time. that has gone on with those signings. Yeah, Iserman is either signing players that have played together or signing players that have played with Dylan Larkin at some point. So yeah. it's Suter is kind of the guy where... When they didn't qualify him, ever the Chicago fan base was scratching their head, and by scratching their head, I mean pounding on their keyboards like rabid monkeys. But mm-hmm. it was insane. Like you look at the guy, and he his season was really good. He's twenty five years old. He's a five foot eleven, one seventy six pound center. He can also play wing. But last season with the Blackhawks in fifty five games, he had twenty seven points, fourteen goals. 13 assists. He had his first goal and hat trick against the Red Wings. Great, right? So we're like, now we need that guy. Pretty sure I tweeted about that, actually, because it always fucking happens. Yeah, so we're like, we need this guy. He's our guy. He scored a shit ton of goals against us. So we got him. Uh, He is native of Switzerland. And if I look at Jay Fresh's player cards, he has a war percentage of 77 uh, 75 offense, 80 defense, only 38 on the power play. But overall, he's, I mean, a, a good hockey player. He's going to be your second, 24-year-old second-line center, which mm-hmm. is really impressive. That's what they, and then what they needed. And we signed him for two years at $3.25 million per season, which Chicago is in poverty and can't play, pay their players. So Fuck we him. take advantage of it, and we'll take a, a second-line center, which, again, center depth our weakest position currently 
And that's where we pick up a solid second line center, which I will take every day of the week. Now it will cause some lineup issues maybe going forward, but that'll shake itself out. We'll see what happens, but very happy with Pia Suter. The biggest thing about him, and I th- if you look at really what Iserman's gone after over the last couple seasons in free agency, he's going for guys that can drive offense and score or at least set up plays or are the type that can really make your team better offensively, which obviously that's a very simplistic way to put it, but you need that in the current landscape of the NHL. Like you look at his stats on Jay Fresh's player cards, his war is 77%. That's among some of the better players that are out there. His finishing just fall just under 70% at 67. He knows what he's doing when he's got the puck, as we saw against Detroit this past season. But even looking at Evolving Hockey, like he's in the blue in just about everything with the exception of his even time on ice. Of course, he per 60 he's just below zero everything else though is above so the guy knows how to play he can play i think the important aspect there is hopefully he can bring some improvement to the power play which along with tangay we'll start seeing some things happen and we'll touch on another guy that detroit signed uh that should help drive that even more but you look at again i make the comparisons over and over i think to tampa how they're roster was structured you're starting to see some of that make its way into detroit right now how that's going to play out long term is to be seen but a guy like Suter fits that mold exactly to what eiserman needs and what he feels is going to make the team more successful yeah i agree and again it's people like and i don't want to shove the eiser plan down people's throats too much but it's the people that have, I saw a lot of around free agency of, man, why aren't we going out and signing big names? We need big names in order to compete. We need to get in the playoffs uh, this season or next season, and we really need to mm-hmm. start being able to do that. But I'm like, we're still in a, like, this is year, what, three, four of a rebuild? Mm-hmm. We're, why rush it? Why try to be, yeah, they why try to be a playoff I, flame? Like a yeah, flame I mean, I, in the playoffs. I, I get the comments. I mean, I was mostly jokingly pushing for like, Hey, go after gay Landeskog. But I mean, knowing full well that it never would have happened, but it's fun to think about it, but to actually be legit angry that they didn't get someone of that stature, like going back to the Stamco situation from several years ago, like give it another two years. And then you'll probably see one or two of these types of players making their way to Detroit because it's going to be an even more, the roster is going to be that much different. We don't know where things are going to stand necessarily because there's so many contracts that will be expiring after this season again. But he's done this intentionally because you're drafting high, you're getting some really good fucking players, and the expectation will be that like Lucas Raymond is now a mainstay on your offense. Uh, same with Bergren. Mo Sider, Jonathan Bergren, think people like that. That's where he's making this go, and he's going to have the cap flexibility to sign these top-tier players long-term, especially if they're going to be coming out of entry-level contract, lighting shit up. So really, that that's the big focus, I think, right now with what Eisenman's trying to do. And then guess what? You can get your guys coming into a prime, a UFA, or even maybe a tender somebody as an RFA, and you're now really bringing home that roster to try to make you a Stanley Cup contender again. Yeah, I just, 
I, I guess it's people want instant gratification and well, yeah, all that's the how instant, society is now. Instant gratification gives you the Ken Holland era where you try as hard as you can just to sneak into the playoffs and then you're out in the first round and then oh mm-hmm. well i guess we're gonna go back and do a, a rebuild because or retool and sign these old vets and try to get back again simply just to get into the playoffs and what oh Eiserman, we're not talking about edmonton right now no what heiserman oh, yeah. is doing is he is trying to set the team up to not just be good but to be good for a long time mm-hmm and to be set up for Tampa Bay. Sure, set up for 9, 10, 11 years of of competing and success and winning cups mm-hmm. and not just trying to because I got into an argument with someone who's like, "Well, the Red Wings aren't relevant anymore and uh Illich should sell the team and all this stuff because there's no what? the team's Is this not, a Red Wings fan? Yep, the team's not relevant and we need to be signing people like Landis Gog or Dougie Hamilton or all these people just to get back into the playoffs and make the team relevant because no one cares about hockey. I mean, you could have fooled me without for the showing at the draft party that this team wasn't relevant. Sure, you could have fooled me with how people say they want to actually play for the team, how mm-hmm. people are excited to come here and see that the team is turning around. You could have fooled me when you see the Red Wings as a top three prospect pool in all of the NHL, the team's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just not good right now. That's the or thing. you can, f- or come to the home opener and it's sure. probably going to be a sellout crowd because it's the first true Red Wings hockey in two years. So it's not about just becoming relevant again. It's about becoming relevant and staying relevant. Because if mm-hmm. you become, if you get into the playoffs next season and you're out in the first round. And then you go back to the play, and then you get a mediocre draft pick. Then you do the same thing next year and out in the first round. You get another mediocre draft pick. And then instead of progressing and building a team that is good for a long time, another 25 years of playoffs, and you get a team that's maybe in the playoffs for five, six years, and then it has to go back to rebuilding again, that's a problem. And that's a problem you, that Eiserman is trying to You start getting fix. stagnant kind of like uh, Columbus. Yeah. And that's a problem Eiserman's trying to fix. He's trying to get rid of the bad contracts, bring in some mm-hmm. quick, low, low, quick contracts, low-paying contracts, fill holes, draft, develop, and then become a, a perennial cup contender. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned Columbus simply for the fact that they actually, in a lot of the arguments I think that can be made are Detroit doesn't have a true superstar player, which they don't. No. But we could be on the verge of that with some of the guys that are in the pipeline. Now you look at Columbus who has been kind of middle of the road for a very long time. They've gone back and forth. They've picked up guys either be it the draft or free agency that are considered verge, like elite superstar talent Artemi Panarin, for instance, they didn't re-sign him. Why? I couldn't tell you. But then they traded away a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, which I think that a lot of that had to do with misunderstandings and him not liking Tortorella Tortorella at the time. But they've mortgaged their future and traded away so many top-tier players, in my opinion, and now you're just kind of there scratching your head. You don't want to see this situation. And what have they won? What have they won? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. They haven't even won a division. And now they're going to have to go back to a rebuild because they are trading away their Pretty top much. players again, like a Seth Jones, in yep. order to Jones is gone. try to to become relevant again. And they did get a good young player uh, in return for Seth Jones. Yeah, and they did. It's pick. not like they, they got completely 
fleeced or screwed over, but at the same time, you're just like, what the hell are you guys doing? But they tried to rush their process, and in the process of rushing, like, failed. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, now, and granted, they did make the trade. Like, they got rid of Kim Atkinson. He's gone. But they brought back Jake Voracek. So, I mean, you look at their roster. It's not awful. But you look at what they had just a a couple years ago. No, that roster, that same roster they used to sweep Tampa Bay out of the first round of the playoffs, I think almost all of them are gone, if I'm not mistaken. If not most of them. Yeah, Felino's gone. Atkinson's gone. Seth Jones is gone. Like, all these guys are gone. Now, granted, they've replaced some of them. They've now got Jake Voracek, Patrick Laine. They still have Gus Nyquist, who was hurt most of last season, unfortunately. Um, I mean, the, the, you look at the roster right now as I'm staring at it here. Like, they brought in Sean Corrali. I forgot that they picked him up. It's not that bad, but you don't want to be making you don't want to see the type of roster turnover maybe that they're having where you're getting rid of top tier talent and then hopefully replacing it now they've they've done a little bit of a little bit of that so far like i said with line a and voracek i think are two guys you can really look at that where they're elite or above and they still got Zach Ruinski. but that's where we're waiting on detroit to see players of to be in that conversation. Because really, I think Larkin's a step below a line and a Voracek. Now, they're different positions, sure. But you don't have that defensive presence there. You could say Hironik is on the verge, but I think Wierenski is still head, heads above where he's he's at. But you have so a Cider coming. That's what I was just getting ready you to say. But the Edmondson next thing you look coming. at is Mo Cider and some of these guys that they've recently drafted, yep. which are two to three years out for the most part. So... From there, then it's like, okay, is how long is it going to take for, for Kosa to get up here with us? And Based then, on his timeline, two years. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. He's a cocky son of a bitch, he, but he, really? he, he's having fun with it. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I don't know. There's a lot that could play out. I, I hope that it's it doesn't turn into the yard sale that we see in Columbus because it, maybe it's easy to compare to them because they're close and we see a lot of their details coming out. But... It's biggest thing is patience because we've yeah. like I said, Columbus has been at this for how many years now? They looked like they were going to do something great when they swept swept Tampa, shit the bed, and that's what we don't want to see with Detroit. Yeah, but bringing it back to Suter, it's a good signing as a yes. second line center. Yeah, who we really will, went down the rabbit hole. There. Who will help us move forward and and shore up that position behind Dylan Larkin as a solid second line center? Uh, mm-hmm. We also made. A few other signings in free agency. We brought in Jordan Osterley, uh, a defenseman who last played for the Arizona Coyotes. He's 29 years old. He is was born in Dearborn, so he's a Michigan guy. Again, one of the guys oh, was he? who's yeah, one of the guys whose dream was to play for the Red Wings. In 43 That's games, nice. 43 games with Arizona last season, he played 43 games with Arizona, had 11 points, one goal, and 10 assists. Okay. Uh, bigger guy, depth D role. I don't know how much he will see in Detroit, considering that our defense looks pretty full, unless they're expecting someone to be injured. They did re-sign Gustav Lindstrom. So I don't know what they're going to do there, because right now if you're looking at the lineup, it is something to the effect of Mark Stahl and Heronic, uh, Letty and Sider. 
and mm-hmm. DK and Stetcher with Lindstrom as your extra. Now again, Osterley would be another extra. And then they also sign Luke Wachowski again. So, <laughs> um, who I'm almost certain Luke Witkowski is will not see a game in Detroit. You, I think was it you that made the point that it's probably the muscle signing for down in. Uh, it is the protection Grand for Grand Rapids mm-hmm. since Dylan because McElrath is gone to Washington. Yeah. Yes. Which good for him. I mean, he was a. I think he definitely made himself a local favorite in Grand Rapids. Mac yeah, beating the and, shit and we, out of people. Well, hell yeah, but that's I think that's what you're replacing him with, and of course, Witkowski has that history with Iserman, but yeah, we won't talk about that. Yeah, I just I all the people that are immediately good for him to still be landing jobs, though. I mean, that's right. that's what matters, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but people are still like, yeah, he plays forward and defense. He's gonna be a mainstay on the Detroit roster just so he can beat people up. I'm like, that's terrible. Iserman's not stupid. Like Iserman knows Witkowski is not a great hockey player. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can barely use the word serviceable, but it's it's a signing to protect guys like if Raymond spends the whole season in Grand Rapids after coming off of surgery, you don't want him getting his ass handed to him in Grand Rapids. He could mm-hmm. probably handle himself in the NHL because it's more professional, but it's a lot of people that are in Grand Rapids, they're just rough and tumble guys that never made it to the NHL, and they're just there to play rough hockey and you don't want your guys like Bergeron or Raymond or uh, now we're going to have probably a few other guys in in Grand Rapids like a Kirill Tutiaev he is uh, apparently going to be on the Griffins next season so you got some guys who have some promise that you want them to be able to play a full season and be healthy if they need to be called up and not get the shit kicked out of them so that is what Luke Witkowski is here for he is not here to play in Detroit because Eisenman is smart. He is here to protect the kids in Grand Rapids. Bingo. So that is that. Uh, we also signed Mitchell. Well, it's not signed. We traded a sixth mm-hmm. round pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning for center Mitchell Stevens, who Tampa Bay fans were really not happy that they lost. And I'm still trying to figure out why. Is um, it because was he like on the verge of really making the roster type scenario? He was an early second round pick. EP's uh, so his cousin is Owen Tippett, who plays in uh-huh. Florida. Okay. EP's scouting report from his draft year, uh, which was 2014, says a strong offensive player who has the perfect amount of resiliency, character, and attitude to play in key roles and not back down. Nimble skater with a threatening top speed, physically willing to pursue the puck in the hard areas of the ice. Smart and crafty defensively, very good hands and puck skills, quick, accurate release on his shot that can fool a lot of goalies. All in all, an offensive, upwardly mobile presence that the opposition can't let out of their sight. Now, he was taken uh, round two, number 33 overall in the 2015 draft. He spent the last one, two, three, four, majority of four seasons with Syracuse, uh, the Crunch in the AHL. He played 38 games for Tampa in 2019-20. He played seven games last season for Tampa. His numbers aren't phenomenal. I don't know if it's something mm-hmm. that Iserman sees more potential there. I mean, Iserman drafted him. So right. if Iserman it, it's sees be one more of those potential. Situ- well, think about the Ernie's, Ernie deal. Sure. They brought him over. And look Maybe at Tampa's Maybe it's one of those depth. situations. Well, he yeah, exactly. He wasn't getting a lot, of, a lot if 
any playtime in Tampa. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, and as many have said, he's probably your Luke Glendening replacement. But if he is your Luke Glendening replacement, then Joe Valeno definitely starts the season in Grand Rapids, or Unless someone else gets roll traded these guys on the wing, or someone else gets traded or moved out of the lineup because you've got a Nemestikov who plays center, you got Valeno who plays center, you got Rasmussen who can play center, Fabry can play center. So mm-hmm. you're looking at all these guys, and now you have an abundance of people that can play center, but you also have an abundance of roster people on the roster that need spots. So unless yeah. someone else is going to be traded or you're automatically sending some, like I'm a given Franz Nielsen is either going to be bought out, which I don't think is very likely, or he's going to be waived and sent to Grand Rapids. There's still that, one more window. That's a spot already. So yeah. the other one you're looking at is who who is the other odd man out? And I think Stevens, I don't think they want to play Valeno on a fourth line role. I don't think they want to play Rasmussen on a fourth line role because they're no. too good for that. So someone's got to, something's got to give. So unless you're, you're not playing Gagne most nights, unless you're trading Nemesnikov, doing something in that area, you're looking at, and then again, you're going to try and what, you got to give a full-time spot to Giovanni Smith. I think he's earned it. I don't You're know not even looking happen. at the fact that we could see Bergeron pushing for a roster spot, too. You could see several people pushing for a roster spot. Iserman was asked about Joe Valeno, and he mm-hmm. said that Joe Valeno, if Joe Valeno comes in and earns a spot, he'll have a spot on the roster, but he said that he's not going to give spots away, but that yeah. Joe looked good in the time that he had, and that Joe's come a long way and has had a great summer, and and that it, it he doesn't really see any issue with Joe Valeno making the team, but again, then doesn't stevens play in the ahl what happens because now you look at the lineup and you're like well shit where's the spots mm-hmm. yeah because you there's a lot of guys even just guys that are in college and overseas right now like you have one more year now granted we did say that this roster is going to have complete turnover again after this season but like you look at Lucas Raymond, the potential's there that he could be fo- pushing for a spot. Now, would they want to slow roll him? I'm sure they would, not to burn that. Ex- they want to slide that year of his ELC, I'm sure. But Unless Bergeron, he bangs the door down. He, which is very fucking possible. Yep. We've, he's been playing with men for a while now. Same with Jonathan Bergeron. I think that of all the guys that are coming in that are fresh and younger, Bergeron, other, other than guys that we've already seen, I should say, Bergeron has one of the best opportunities to make this team on a third-line wing. And if he did, he will make this team better. Absolutely. And I think he would do definitely a better job than Adam Ernie. I think he could be right there with Sam Gagne. Because, again, he's been playing in the SHL. He's been playing on a men's team. Now he's had injury issues, which would be worrisome coming in and being thrown right to the wolves that way. But... And also having to drop down to the smaller ice. But at the same time, like we've talked about Bergen before, he's got that playmaking ability that this team needs and that they lack for the most yeah. part outside yeah. their top six. So, yeah. So the, the Mitchell Stevens thing is kind of a mystery to me. And you got to figure people are saying, well, he's going to be on, on the Red Wings because we traded a pick for him. Well, it was a six round pick. So that's yeah. not really much. But I, I could... It gives you see. options, I think, at that point. I think the other thing was is that he's also a very good face-off guy. 
And is that's it? what we're losing in in um, Luke Glendening is that face-off ability. So I, I, I could go Suter back and forth in, with it. On the, on the draw. I didn't I look. had hockey reference pulled up, and it disappeared on me, so I can't actually look. Face-off percentage last season, 42.6%. So, eh, it was okay. Yeah, but if you look at Mitchell Stevens, he took, let's see, how many draws did he take? He won 187 face-offs, lost, oh, it says 1920. Uh, yeah, he had a 52%. Now, last season, he took 60. 50 face-offs and had a 60%. So... Well, so that kind of plays into your theory. Yeah, so that, I mean, that makes him more of a Luke Glendening replacement because, again, you're replacing the face-offs. Uh, his mm -hmm. defensive numbers are also pretty good. So yeah. so it's very possible that that trade was made, that he's going to be their fourth-line guy. And I w would I be against it? Absolutely not. But to that point, what happens to Valino, which, as you mentioned earlier, it may likely means that he is in Grand Rapids. But that's also not a bad thing. Yeah, I don't. I'm not here. I'm here nor there on it. I guess we'll see what shakes out in training camp. But it's it'll there's going to be competition for spots, which is kind of what you want. You want your best players mm -hmm. to make it. But it gets a little worrisome when you say, "Well, Joe Valeno looked good in his tryout, and Joe Valeno could be pushed out by Mitchell Stevens Mitchell because Stevens. that's a thing." So. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't that, know. I, I go back or forth. I go back and forth on that, but that was the Mitchell Stevens trade. We had a couple other small signings, like I said, Luke Witkowski, um, the smallest of small, minuscule signings, and then <laughs> Ryan Murphy, who was signed to play defense in Grand Rapids because Grand Rapids also lost Joe Hicketts uh, mm -hmm. to Minnesota. Now, the other way I took the Mitchell Stevens signing was that Grand Rapids also lost Dominic Turgeon who was a uh, mm. top six center in Grand Rapids. Yeah. So Stevens could theoretically be replacing Terjan. We'll see. Either that or Valeno's replacing Terjan. Oh, boy. So that's that's what I'm looking at. I hope at. not. Yeah, I, I hope I really, not. I, I really want to see Joe in, in Detroit. Me too. Like, I could see a fourth line of Smith, Nemestikov, and Gagne. And then your third line is going to have to be Ernie... And Rasmussen and Valeno. Your second line is Bertuzzi and Suter and Fabry. And your first line is uh, Verona, Larkin, and Zadina. So there's so your... So Gagne is your odd man out? Well, no. Gagne is on your fourth line with Nemestikov Oh, did you say on the fourth line? I'm yeah, sorry. Nemestikov and Smith. So okay. uh, then you got, well, you're got going to carry Mitchell Stevens as an extra forward. And you're going to carry Gustav Lindstrom as an extra defenseman. At that point, or you're going to mm -hmm. carry Chase Pearson as your extra forward. So it, it all there, and that's why I saw that trade, and I'm like, God damn it! I'm like, this is. It threw a wrench in my perfectly constructed lineup, and now <laughs> everything's gone to hell. So I, I have no idea. We'll see. We we'll shall see. see. Um, but the other big news from the week: Tyler Bertuzzi has signed an extension with the Detroit Red Wings. A little high for my liking. Bertuzzi signed a two-year contract to take yeah. him to UFA status. That... First, first year is going to pay him four point seven five million. Actually, both it's a AAV of four point seven five million. I think the first year comes in a little lower. The second year comes in a little higher. But I just, I don't know, man. 
So I, I was not expecting that. I was. I mean, ex- I was expecting, expecting a contract. I was thinking a one-year contract. Yeah, like if you look at. Oh, it helps if I had to select that. Let's see. What did Evolving have him at? They had him at three mil, just over, on a one-year deal. I just think that in. in Prashant said, wow, that was pretty close to what I had him as. I said, coming off a of back surgery, you don't know his recovery is going to go. And he now, was, now, he did play good when he played the beginning of last season. That's what I was going to say. When he's been on the team and on the ice, he has made them better. And I think that is where you look at the body of work, no pun intended for him being hurt. But he, when he's there, like we talked ad nauseum of him, Lark, and Mantha. And how before they started getting hurt two years ago, they were at a point-per-game pace as on a line together. So you know the impact that he brings. Now, I think some of the arguments have been, because he's been so hyped up in, in trade talks, is, is he benefiting from a bad team? So y- y- you can look at it, all, at it a lot of ways. and But at the same time, it's still only for two years. So if all else fails, you could still, in my talks with Mario, he made good points. Like, things go well, you can still flip him for half the, half the salary next season, or you flip him this season. Either way, the, tr- the contract is still tradable to a better team if that's what ends up coming down to it. It's not tradable if he's hurt, though. Exactly. So you've got to hope that he's over his shit. I mean, he had... Articles recently coming out saying, and with quotes from him, he's like, he will, his anticipation and assumption, he's fully ready for training camp come yep. September. So if he's that's the case. He's been working out every day and skating with Larkin. Yep. So. He's, fully, he's fully cleared, and that's what's important to us as the fans, is that that news came out from him directly. So as long as he stays healthy, we're in a good spot. If he gets hurt again, you really start to question things. Yeah, that's and that's, and that's the hard part. That's where I was looking, and I'm like, well, the money is not where I would have wanted. I probably would have wanted it at about a million dollars less. Mm-hmm. But it again, it's only two years. So yep. if he gets hurt, and you're only holding on to that, you LTIR him for a year, whatever needs to happen, then you reassess your situation there. But my my expectation is Bertuzzi makes a full recovery because he is young and because he's now working out. And right. I think that it works out, but again, it's two years, so it's no, not really any bother to me. Plus, Bertuzzi's your guy, man. It, he last season in the nine games that he did play, he had five goals and two assists, so he had seven points in nine games, off to a great mm-hmm. pace. In his in 2019-20, 71 games had 48 points, so he is your your one of your main sources of offense. And when Larkin can get him the puck, he can put it in. And now maybe if he plays with Suter, it's the same situation. Him, Suter, and Fabry are familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. And I would like to keep together the top line of Verana, Larkin, and Zadina. I think that could work really well. Oh, they were clicking at the end of the year. But uh, I like Bert. Bert is back. Yay, Bert. Yay. So that was the, the big <laughs> signing was the Bertuzzi Woo. contract. And again, a lot of people very happy with it. And again, Bertuzzi could still get traded. That's that is yeah. still a full possibility. I think we're at the point of this. We're at the point of the roster now, where anyone on this team could get fucking traded. Yeah, because no one knows what's going to happen. I, 
you could have fooled me or pulled the rug out from under me when I heard all the rumors about Bertuzzi up on the trade market. Because I was like, what the fuck? Why? But at the same time, you look at the roster, as we talked about earlier, there's no true superstars here. There's some guys that are borderline elite on the roster right now, but what's going to push put them over the edge? Burt could. If he does, sure. we're in a great spot. So I'll take it. Yeah, I, I say I think if Tyler Bertuzzi was healthy last year, um, our draft position would have been far worse. Yep. Um, especially toward I the end totally of the year. Totally agree. Um, that would have been really, really awkward. So we, yeah. we talked about it a lot last year. If this team was healthy and they avoided that COVID stretch, this is probably a 500 hockey team, which yeah. is what my assumption or my prediction was last year when we went into to guessing what they might be at. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Burt because, again, 26, that takes him into free agency as mm-hmm. a UFA. But, I mean, you make your case when he's a UFA. You, you've brought him up through your system. You've put him in your lineup. You've signed him many times. And if he wants to test free agency in two years, he can test free agency. But I think at that point you can offer him a contract. He's here with his friend Dylan Larkin. Yep. And, and he'll be like, hey, look what we've we've built now to this point. You yeah. can be a part of that and win a cup here. I think that Iserman is banking on the fact that two years we're in the playoffs. And then he's like, hey, Bert, look, I bl- I we're in it. the playoffs. So we're really making progress here. I really think that the way the roster is set right now and with the big change that happened in coaching with bringing Tangay in, that this team, again, could be pushing 500 and knock it on the door to a playoff spot. I know that's not what we want to hear, and most people should be thinking about, but if that happens, that's what you want as a fan because that shows you how close a lot of these young guys are because they're making an impact now when the team really shouldn't be making an impact. Yeah, So exactly. if that's the case, we're in a good spot. Yep. Uh, so a couple other things happened in this past week. Uh Jacob Verana and Adam Ernie filed for arbitration again. Dun, dun, dun. Not a big deal. It happens yeah, all the time. Right. There are people that flip out and say it's ruining relationships between the player no, and the not. team. No, what it's it means if it is, actually goes to the trial phase, sure. it, that's when it gets that's when it gets ugly. Ninety eight percent of the time, they never make it to arbitration. They can make deals all the way up until then, which I think the hearings are set from the eleventh or like the fifteenth or something. Are they? Did, yeah. Didn't Bert actually go go to the? Bert did go to arbitration. He did. Yeah, and then it, in, and here in, we are. And then we signed him, and he said he was extremely glad to be a Red Wing and couldn't really see himself playing anywhere else. So and guess what? We just signed him again to two years and didn't have to go to arbitration. So it is what it is. Yeah, totally ruined that relationship, right? Uh, but Verana is is I mean, if we look at the evolving hockey model, uh, Jacob Verana's predicted contract would be a four year five point five. Five three million dollar contract, which I totally I think give that's him right fantastic. now. Absolutely. I would absolutely sign that. I am guessing he's asking for over six, is my Could guess. Uh, but what happens is you just keep negotiating, you just keep negotiating, you wiggle on the term, you wiggle on the cap, and then come to an agreement. Generally, before you get to arbitration, I think the main thing is Eiserman don't give a shit if you go to arbitration or not. He just mm-hmm. wants the deal done. So. Yep. I, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, Verona, again, has said several times he wants to be here, has said that he wants to help this team get to a playoff spot, become a better team. I believe You know him. who else said that? Jonathan Bernier. Uh, sure. 
Um, but I, I again, Iserman had other plans there. Which worked out great. Yeah. But Verano is a young guy. He's 25. He yeah, showed yeah. he would, when given the minutes, he does not cave to pressure. That he mm-hmm. is a could be an elite goal scorer. Man, and is that's he electric? That's what we need. They do. That's why if Burt's healthy, playing with a guy like Verana, like I, I really think that Verana will make Larkin and Burt that line, that trio, better. Yeah, Mantha absolutely. is Mantha, great player. I'm not going to question anything about that. But I think that the, the way that Verana plays, he is. It's just it, it'll work better to the style of Burt and Larkin. And I think we'll see even more crazy things happen if that if that's the top line, of course. But yeah, yeah. But I think Verana, I think, is gonna again be part of the core of this team. Mm-hmm. And I don't think going to arbitration really hurts anything at all. It's just player thinks he's worth X, team thinks he's worth Y, and they have now, to come up somewhere in the middle. Now, how far if it does actually make it all the way through? Because they can still agree on a contract before they hit their date. But if it goes to gets to the date, it's only a one or two year deal, correct? Or am I mis- misinterpreting? Uh no, it is a one or two year deal if it makes it to arbitration. So as so from now until the eleventh, as you mentioned, if it if a deal is done before then, it can be however long. However it be long. Eight years. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to double check and clarify that. Yeah. Um. But Verana has, I believe, one more year as an RFA because he is twenty five. Mm-hmm. So, he has enough years in the actual league. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Again, not worried about it. Iserman gets the contracts done. He knows what he's doing. I will fully rely on him to sign Jacob Verana to a team-friendly contract. Not to mention we have like a bazillion dollars in cap left, and we're not even at the floor yet. So. Oh, we're not, are we? No, we're not. Oh. At the, we'll get there easily with Verana and Hronik. But yeah, we are. Yeah, Hron- yeah. We are not at the floor yet. No, we we are four and a half million under. Yeah. So one of Verana or Heronic will get us there. Yeah. So the other player that filed for arbitration was Adam Ernie. This one I think was a little more surprising. Ernie did show that he could play this last. He year. played to what we kind of thought that he would do. I think last season. It, it was a little late though. Yeah, but. I mean, when he was brought in, I think we did speak pretty highly of the ability that is there that just hadn't made its way to the NHL pretty much. So here we are two years later, and it finally just clicked. I think it was because the injuries and how things played out, which was great for him. It was a fucking fantastic thing to watch what he was doing out there on the ice and scoring goals, and we were just like, wait, was that Ernie that just did that? And so... You got to think that he's like, hey, here's what I can do. I'm worth more money now, which I hope he, you know, brings that back in check. But at the same time, pay him a little bit more. You got the room to do it. It's going to be one or two year deal, especially if it goes to arbitration. Um, ah, it is what it is. <laughs> As if we're landing on a lot of that. <laughs> it's just like, man, we'll see what happens. I'm not it, worried know, about it. And that's the funny no. thing is like. I'd normally be like pulling my hair out over different decisions, but this whole time I'm like, and I think it maybe it's the difference between Ken Holland era and Steve Eisman eras. You're like, well, I mean, Eisman yeah, hasn't steered Ken the Holland, he'd be yeah. signed to a five or six year deal. Yeah, we would have extended Franz Nielsen already. So God I, damn just, it. I just mm. don't, 
what I think is happening is Adam Ernie is going, hey guys, Anthony Mantha's gone, and that means I scored the most goals on the team last season. Um, I beat Robbie Fabry by one, <laughs> and uh, I would like my $5 million a year, please. And they're going, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. how about the fuck yeah. not? <laughs> so I, the, I could see him coming in about three after uh, all said and done. The model has him at a two-year deal at 1.675. Which is more appropriate because it's a, a one-year, a holy shit, what'd you do type yeah, scenario. It's more of a, of a hey, can you do that again or, or what? Can we talk about one thing real quick, though, as I'm sitting here staring at Cat Friendly? We can talk about several things. So outside of the guys that so we have ten forwards that show up on cap friendly for the main roster right now for Detroit. The oldest player is Franz Nielsen at thirty seven. Who's the next oldest? You said Fra- wait, how old's Franz Nielsen? Thirty seven. No, he's not. He is. He just turned thirty seven in April. Holy jeez. Uh would it be Sam Gagne? Thirty one. Okay. Is that the second? That's the second. He, those are the only two players over the age of 30 on this roster right now. Oh, yeah, because Bobby Ryan's not signed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, that that's huge. Yeah, In absolutely. comparison to how this team, how this roster was several years ago, that's part of the thing that I don't think people have realized. Oh, is, yeah. Darren Helm went to Colorado. Continue. Oh, yeah, we didn't touch on that. No, it doesn't matter. because he went to Colorado, so he yeah, fucked right matter. off. Your turn. Uh, but no, no, that's that's the big thing that I think people are failing to realize is Glenn Denning's gone, he was, what, 34. Helm's gone, he was about the same age. All these guys over 30, the roster's getting younger, the roster's getting faster, and some of these additions, like Pius Suter, for instance, I think he the skill. Pius. P, is it Pius? You know, I was thinking about that as I said it. So either way, Suter, look at, I mean, Nemestikov, 28, there's a different skill set there, but you got Suter. Verona, Larkin, Burt, Fabry. Look at the guys that they're bringing in. As I, who I just mentioned, Larkin, 25. Burt, 26. Suter, 25. Fabry, 25. Verona, 25. All sub 28. Now, I, I mentioned 28 because that's typically where you're starting to see like the prime of an NHL career. And where things maybe start slowly going downhill, if you're looking at the, like the more fancy stats in that sense. But just go back a couple years ago, you're not seeing that type of roster set up here in Detroit, and that I think is what is important to take away for what they've built. Now you look at the defense; you got Letty, DeKaiser, Stahl, all 30 and up. Stetcher's 27, Osterley's 29, but then you got Lindstrom 22, Heronic 23, Cider is what 19. So, it's changing. 20. Cider's 20. I take that back. Yeah. Things are happening for the better on this roster. And it's the guys that are coming in, the youth that we're talking about, Bergeron, 21, Raymond, 19, Valino, 21, uh, Giovanni Smith, 23. Yeah. That's what matters. And that's what we have to focus on. We're going to go from one of the oldest teams in the league to one of the youngest teams in the league in two uh-huh. years yeah and it's huge and that is part of what he's done to this like managed to do because we knew how many we talked about it when eisman came in we, we looked at all the contracts on this roster we knew that things were probably going to change and sure enough this it's a completely different from just two years ago just from last season to now it's been about what a 60 percent change 50 percent change more than that yeah 
So that's when you have a really shitty team, as we've seen, and I shouldn't say, oh, no, they were really shitty. <laughs> there there was a period of, of extreme shittiness. One of the worst teams of all time. Literally like Colorado Avalanche pre-playoff shitty. Yeah, fuck them. Um, so, no, it's the eyes are playing, as we said. Yep. I, 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 that's all we can suck, hope for. It sucks to keep going back to that because, uh, it, it, yeah. In but time, it, it will become a tired trope and people won't want to hear it. But No, I, I get it. And you don't want to watch a losing team. We're seeing that with the Tigers, but the Tigers are fun right now. I know you, you and baseball are not friends, but at the same time, the Tigers, even though in no, the I shittiness like that they've had. Oh, you do like basketball. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate basketball. Uh, but no, the Tigers, they are fun to watch. Absolutely. Now, granted, they have one of the best coaches now in baseball, and we're not going to talk about what happened with the bullshit in Houston. But I mean, AJ Hinch should be manager of the year. Absolutely. You should not have this Tigers roster right now and be winning Pushing games for the way that they are. Spot. It, 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 but the thing is, like I said, they're fun to watch. What were the Red Wings last year? Fun to watch. Fun to watch, yeah, especially towards the end of the year. Not Yes. Not a droning mess. You know that they're not going to be elite. You know they're not going to be really taking that step to push them ab- above and beyond like a, a lottery team, if you will. But you want to see that progress that's being made from your younger guys. Detroit, for the, the Tigers, for instance, that's what's happening. Now, they got a diamond in the rough. They made a, the Rule 5 draft, Akil Badu. You look at Detroit in the sense of what have they done similarly to that. You look at a Robbie Fabry, the one-for-one one deal. Jacob Vrana, how he was brought over in that trade. You look at certain guys that were maybe not as prioritized the way they should have been at the team that they were with, and now they're given a role to be like, hey, go show me what you got, and they're taking advantage of that. That's what the Tigers are doing. That's what the Red Wings are trying to get their themselves to do, and things are going to start playing their way out because, like, Go back to the Tigers. I think it was today, if I remember correctly, that Illich was quoted as saying that he's probably going to be spending in free agency this next this next summer because they've got a core in place. They've got their pitching staff in place that they need to, to make themselves more effective. And now the position players are slowly starting to make their way in. That's what Iserman's now currently doing with the Red Wings. Is now is the expectation there that he could be doing that next season with uh, free agency, not necessarily, but look at about two years out, like we talked about, like you said, that's where we could start seeing things crazy, ha- see crazy things happening, where Lucas Raymond's on this roster, and now you're starting to bring in a top tier potential free agent, maybe one or two of those guys to really fill that void to take them to the next level. Yeah. So. And and the moves that you're looking at, I mean. <laughs> When Iserman traded Anthony Mantha, I don't think we thought the return would be Jacob Vrana, Sebastian Cosa, and Nicoletti and no. for, for Anthony Mantha. So I, and that's, again, part of the reason I'm so relaxed is because Iserman knows what he's doing and he's proven it time and time again. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's where we're going to end it tonight, though. That is the news of the week. Uh, we will wait for more. I'm sure there will be other stuff coming up. Da-da-da, da-da-da. But I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off, Ryan. Uh, final thoughts. The offseason is short and fun so far. So, yeah. Um, we'll try to keep things interesting. It's exciting to see. We have some uh, random offshoot things happening in the background. Greg is staying busy. So, appreciate your oh. efforts there. Uh, but, yeah. it's uh, 
there hasn't it's been a good off season. Yep. And yes, the season ended late, but it's kept us more occupied and busy. Granted, we also have to kind of be busy because of the agreement that we have. That's besides <laughs> the point. Got to come up with something <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's, it's been fun. It's cool to see. I know we're now we're in August, so we're going to be creeping up on some training camp. We now got official word that uh, Traverse City is going to be a go this season. So hockey's back. It's back in force. And there's a lot of question marks in Detroit, but it's all going to be fun to watch it play out. So, outside of that, RD Ryan 33. Yeah, uh, we've got contests going on right now, so go check out our contests. Uh, we're giving away free T-shirts if you go. And My dad play. wants one of those, by the way. He, oh. He's like, "Hey, give me a shirt." I was like, "I don't the fuck you want me to do." <laughs> uh, if he goes and likes our um, Instagram page <laughs> at Grindline Pod. He can enter to win a free follow. Card. Follow. He has uh, to follow. Yeah, follow. I don't know. I don't use Instagram. Like, follow, whoever, whatever. Do that. Just follow. Go. Follow and, fo- you can follow and like on there. Follow us on Instagram. Take a screenshot of it and drop it in our contest page on Twitter, our contest post, and you'll be entered to win a free Twitter. I don't know. Don't make it Twitter. Where, what's, where does he get out. all his hockey news? Us? He, he, he sees shit that I a post. Fucking good luck. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, we're doing contests right now. We've got a couple cool things coming up that I don't really want to divulge currently. Um, but yeah, we just mm-hmm. rest assured there are some cool things coming up that we're doing. Um, some interviews with uh, local groups and, and guests on the show and new sponsors and all this fun stuff. So that's what I've been trying to do along with my actual job. So. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find us wherever podcasts can be found. You can check out our merch if you go to redbubble.com and search the Grindline. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use the promo code Grindline at checkout, you get 10% off your order. And if you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. We also like to say hello to everyone at the Hockey Podcast Network, and thanks to them for hosting us along with a lot of other really awesome thanks, podcasts. Guys. Yeah, you can check them out on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. We also like to give out a sh- uh, shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grind Line podcast, who has some really good stuff out right now. Uh, understatement. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.